This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Brian Altano, Vincent Janito. Fish. We've got a yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we were just talking about fish and cheese. Here's a here, quick poll. Do you put cheese on your fish? Let us know. Uh, let me know on Twitter at Dame Zero or at the email address <laughs> gamescoop at IGN.com. Literally, no one's going to say yes. Should be no, and if it's no, not, I don't think Brian. The only the only uh, example we could give is Brian says he will do a lobster mac and cheese yes. yeah, every now and then. then. But I can't think of any other example why I would mix fish and cheese. Also, a lobster, I, not a fish. Right. Yeah. Lo- lobster. That's also, yeah. also true. So really, no, we can't. It comes with that, that big garbage hole called the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> That, anyway. that, the nature's toilet. Your, your catchphrase is fish now. I hope, fish. I hope you like that. <laughs> I'll hold on to it forever. Yeah. I need some shirts and mugs printed up. Uh, we got no, a great show not... for you this week on Game Scoop, <laughs> not Fish not Scoop. Fish scoop. <laughs> we should start that show though. Lots to talk about in the world of fish. Every week, new developments. <laughs> Trout news. <laughs> Trout news. Okay, that's gonna run out of stories pretty fast. <laughs> Found some trout again. Okay, we've heard enough. <laughs> what news is coming out of the trout spout this week? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. It's real dumb. <laughs> Should probably talk about video games. Uh, Let's do that. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I'll oh, forget it. Let's talk about fish again. <laughs> uh, what do you think the hype level for that game is? It's about <laughs> right now. I no, guess. I think it's something. Yeah. I don't care about it personally, but I get the sense that uh, between a minnow and a great white. <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's a big it's range. A, that's a good range, right? It's a, in between a minnow and a great white, it's an orca. Okay, that's good. Right? An orca is bigger than a great white. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, it's not. Isn't yeah. the great white the biggest one? That Great white is a, is a fish. An orca is a whale. Look, we don't well, have these things. We're paid to talk about video orcas. games, not no, fish. No, the great, white, great white's a shark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. In any case, let me walk this back. (laughs) I think people are excited about Syndicate more than like Unity, for example. Okay, yes, they were. I guess what I meant was ever since this morning's, or this is the recent news, I think, yes. So the news this week is they announced Jack the Whip ripoff. Downloadable content. <laughs> Jack. No, I've already, I've already. That was an actual. I spoiled the joke. That was an actual thread name <laughs> on GameFAQs. That was that an was actual. Thread. Joke. I ruined it. Jack the Ripoff. People have been saying more yeah. like Jack the Ripoff. Rip-off. Am I right? They announced Jack the Ripper downloadable content. People are saying more like Jack the Ripoff. Uh-huh. I spoiled the joke. 
Anyway. 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 <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Yep. Downloadable episode for Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Standalone or part of the season, season pass. Yeah. People are upset because ever since this Victorian era Assassin's Creed was announced, people have been saying it would be awesome. It would be perfect. It would to have yeah. uh, Jack the Ripper involved. Yep. And then when they announce it, it's like it's it's hidden behind this second paywall that yeah. you have to pay for after you already buy the game, and that's why people are upset. Is buying the game the first paywall? Yeah. Are we just calling buying a game a paywall? Now? Every time you have to, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the culture I mean, we live in now. If you actually have to give someone money, it's a paywall. But, but <laughs> you know what sucks is free to play. Yeah. No, I agree. So I they agree. don't want they don't want free games, but they also <laughs> don't want to pay for games. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> they just don't want games at all. No one likes games win. anymore. There's no. There's no. There yeah, are no true. winners. <laughs> Basically, Nint- I, it's actually a miracle that anybody makes video games for <laughs> anybody else. It is an absolute miracle that a group of, of people will get together and decide to use their creativity and talent to create a product that is then put into the hands of people that mostly don't want it. <laughs> or well, at least they want to pay for it. I mean, they're just going to hate play it. Yeah, because yeah. they they're, they're going to play it. Yeah. But they're no, going to complain about it all the way there. I'm, I'm kind of of two minds with the Jack the Ripper stuff. Well, on the one hand, when you think about Victorian London, you know, it's foggy and dark and so atmospheric. Like, Jack the Ripper is like one of, it's like that and Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. yeah. who's not real. What about Jekyll and Hyde? Is that part of that? I, I don't know anything about history. <laughs> but you think, I don't know. Like, when people are thinking when, about... When, when is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Ask, yeah. ask Siri. Romping around Does anyone know? London. I, yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know if the time comes We are up. really just a dumb group of people. <laughs> Nobody knows? No. No, Jack the Ripper was real yeah. and Dr. Jekyll not real. That's I what I'm did saying. not know that. Yeah. Did not, not know that. Wait, not which was... one did you not know? <laughs> uh, did you not know that, that Jack the Ripper was real? Or I that Jekyll and Hyde was a real dude who okay. just had a personality disorder. Well, <laughs> it's totally understandable. This is, this is taking a turn. Yeah, he just thought he was a monster man at some nights when he <laughs> drank that weird potion. That was, I think it's I literally the opposite and he doesn't know he's a monster man. Oh, really? I mean, I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> no, I think he no, did. He, 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 he was like a, a. Did he know it? He was a scientist, and he was like experimenting. He drank this potion and turned into the to um, Mr. Yeah. Hyde. Not real, huh? Yeah, not, not real. real. Not I real. think in the version, uh, jury's still out. It was a real. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real bad NES game. It, it was, was a real was, bad NES it game. It was. That's right. But I loved it. It made me hate everything, but I loved it. So, <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Yep. I think on the one hand, they'd already announced that the years that Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I have this, yeah. Assassin's Creed Syndicate is set in 1868. Uh, Jack the Ripper did not emerge till 1888. Uh, right, so. And so, some would say that's like splitting hairs. It's like ah, it's the same area of London. Who cares? But the Victorian like the really, era does span many decades. But yeah. they're very specific about like they take the well. I guess they play fast and loose with the Assassin's Creed history sometimes. No, like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Roughly around then, so if I could put them. Not in at game. all. I mean, Da Vinci totally made guns and. Uh, <laughs> Like Benjamin Franklin was, or George Washington was an evil king. But I do think, I think <laughs> and when you sleep in a coffin, you can time travel to your ancestors' memories. I just think yeah. specifically setting the game this early in the Victorian era was like kind of a hint that maybe they were just going to skip, like, not do Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And so now to say, now we're going to skip twenty years in the future and do this story with Jack the Ripper, I'm just, I was a little surprised. So, the flip side is though, if you have a game set in Victorian London, like I was saying before, everyone expects. A Jack the Ripper story. Sure. So to put that behind DLC, I mean, I kind of get it. Yeah. I think the reason pe- some people are frustrated is because there was a lot of clamor for it. There was a lot of like, hey, this would be perfect. We'd really love this. And it's, what's interesting is that some of the people who are defending it, you know, are uh, are like, hey, Ubisoft listened to the fans. The fans asked for this. Well, yeah. And now they're giving wonder. it to us. And it's like, are they giving it to you? Well, or... right, right, right. <laughs> well, maybe, the, maybe... Maybe it wasn't a part of their original plan for the game. They had their story, it was set, they announced it, then everyone's asking about Jack the Ripper, and they're like, well, maybe we could add it as downloadable content for afterwards. But it also feels like, in the absence of knowing how complete does the main game feel, like, Jack the Ripper's a really cool subject and an interesting mystery, and I didn't like Unity very much, but I did really like the murder mysteries in that game. Um. They were legitimate puzzles that you had to figure out, and there were these clues that you had to piece together. Like, it was real, actual puzzle gameplay in like a triple-A Assassin's Creed game, which was surprising and impressive. And, like, to do Jack the Ripper justice, I wouldn't want that to be, like, go to this dot on the map in the middle of running around and doing everything else, and maybe you'll get this, you know, crappy side story. So, like, this gives me some hope that, uh, you know, they're really choosing to do it right and um, do something really, really cool with it, I hope. Sure, I think the content can be really good. Uh, I think what it always comes back down to for all these DLC uh, situations, it's, it's it's an optics problem, right? It's like a it's a perception problem. It's like when, how early does the player base know that about it? Like when do they hear about it? Is sure, it before yeah. the game comes out? Is it early in the game's development? Mm-hmm. Is it one week after it comes out, after it launches? You know, there's there's that element of it, and then there's how far along after the game's release 
you know, is it coming? Is this something that's going to be six months down the road, a year down the road, or or am I going to be two weeks on, three weeks on, and there's a new piece of content for me to pay for? Like, I don't necessarily know that I feel like all those factors are make a big difference to whether or not I think this content is worth my money. But as it turns out, like that, those perceptions, that and like, where is it? Is it on the disc or do I download it? Are all <laughs> things that just contribute to people's uh, perception that it's a huge, massive ripoff. Yeah. And I don't know if I think that it is or that it isn't. I just know that like, it's going to be a while until we have a consistent uh, consensus on what, like, what would be okay for them. Like, do you want no add-on ever? Well, do you I, want it to be I think, a year yeah. on? Like, what's the, what's the right way? There's, there's no consistent delivery mechanism for right. that stuff either, right? And yeah. like, that's what makes it very confusing because like, you try to latch on to something that works and you get mad at it. Like, season passes, I think, can be a good idea, but more sure. and more we're seeing season passes that get announced where they're just like, we don't know what's in it yet. Yeah, they know, there's, have some there, faith. There's a season pass. Yeah, like the yeah, are we still announcing the content. Yeah. Is the Batman one still like half delivery? Yeah, it? well, the stuff mm-hmm. they did yeah. so far was really underwhelming. Yeah. And then like they just announced a Fallout thing, which they're just like, we're making a season pass. Like you don't have to buy it if you want it, get it. But yeah. uh, you know, they've been kind of all over the map with that. Well, stuff. track records definitely matter. Like I feel like mm. so. Here's what's interesting to me, and a few weeks ago, um, they announced the Fallout season pass, but didn't say what was in it, and everyone's like, yeah, Fallout DLC, I'm so pumped. Because <laughs> the Fallout DLC exact, was so good. Yeah. That's the exact same thing that Batman did, and everyone was so mad. Right. Yeah. But the difference is, the difference is Bethesda's track record for delivering really solid DLC, people are a little bit more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, Right. right. I think. Yeah, um, all of yeah. those, all of their add-ons for Fallout 3, you know, were super good. And Assassin's Creed DLC specifically um, has sometimes been really good and sometimes not. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, Marty spent a lot of time playing uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate recently, and he seems to uh, be enjoying himself with the game. Yeah, yeah. he's really excited. It, it seems it. to be getting back to the fun that was lost yeah. a little bit on Unity. I think his preview kind of like uh, <clears throat> noted that a lot. That it, it seems like the people making the game are just really are trying to make something fun and enjoyable I instead feel like- of just being sort of historic and. Fast. I feel like we're in that Assassin's Creed hype cycle where it's like, man, the last one really let me down, but the next one looks yep. so yeah. good. Yeah. And then like that happened three times in a row, and people finally gave up. But then four really was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so then that like, if you were to chart it, it's like we were back up here, and now it's like sliding back down again. Mm-hmm. Can you name all the Assassin's Creeds from the beginning? Yeah. Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed. Two, two, yeah. Assassin's Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Brotherhood was first, and then was Revelations. Then three. Then, then uh, liberation. liberation. Well, yeah, if we're counting. Well, okay, that, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Then the main, four. Then four. Then Unity. Then Unity, and now, now Syndicate. Syndicate. And that's not even counting the new 2D ones that they yeah. have been releasing this year. Right. Wow. Okay. Brother- that's been, that's Bro- been a, that's Brotherhood's been a, my favorite. It's been quite a ride. Yeah. Brotherhood is your favorite? Yeah. More than Black Flag? Wow. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I really, really like Black Flag, too. Those are my two favorites. Which two was, two, two was still my favorite. the one in Rome. I like two a lot. Yep. Yeah, two's my favorite. Yep. That's the. Only one I 100%ed. One of the only games I 100%ed. Yeah, I like that game because you have an Italian uncle. Yep. You know. You know <laughs> what's, you his, what's his name, yeah, though? It's a me, Mari. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they put that in there. This yeah. guy with a, a red hat and a, or a red shirt and a mustache <laughs> comes up to you and says that. You don't remember me? It's a me, Mario. <laughs> and he spent the whole time building that thing, and then they broke yeah, it down yeah. in the next game, and that sucked. Oh, your your town, yeah. your like whole like villa. Yeah. Two, two and Brotherhood struck a great balance between like rebuilding the town and building yeah. up the. Yeah. And the other games took it too far. That yeah. was the awesome thing about two is that there was there were parts of two where I was like, I've been there. I'm like, that looks right. just like where I've been. Right. Like, I'm I'm actually. Vaguely optimistic for the new one just because yeah. it's it's actually it, it feels like it's built from the ground up for the next gen consoles, whereas the last one was kind of like had one you know yeah, foot true. in each race kind of situation. I played. I mean, I'll, is uh, that true? Or because last year there was also oh we even forgot Assassin's Creed Rogue. That was last year. We left out Rogue. Did Rogue? Yeah. Get, oh did, yeah. Did Rogue get ported to current gen consoles yet? No. Because no. Rogue, I want because I love Four so much. I yeah, want to play Rogue. One, Everyone one said it's more of the same, and I'm like, but I don't care. Like that was great. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people felt that Rogue was better than Unity. I think. I thought Unity was just for the current gen consoles, and Rogue was for the last gen. It was, but it was rushed and like kind of patchy. So, uh, I mean, I'll say (laughs) I played Syndicate at E3, which, granted, that means it was very early in development, and I found it to be more of the same. Yeah, more of Unity. I mean, not more of Unity specific. It just didn't feel new and fresh. It felt like Assassin's Creed for good or bad. Honestly, I'm 40 hours into Metal Gear right now. It is really hard to imagine playing 
a stealth game that doesn't work like that. Well, this is not yeah. a stealth game, to be fair. Well, I mean, well, I think it is. It is. It is to a certain game. extent. Yeah. I mean, the, it's supposed to be. Yeah. A lot of the was uh, at some point. A lot of the stuff you see in Metal Gear, where you approach like a villa or an area or a town or like a fort, and you have to find one guy and extract him, yeah. is really just like what you see in in uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Except for your Assassin's Creed vision in Metal Gear, you choke some guy out and he snitches, uh, <laughs> and you kill him in front of his friends, and then you go and find the the you know you have your own way to do it. Um, Assassin's Creed used to be the king of that, and I don't think it's really nailing it. I think in terms of parkour gameplay, there are games that do it way better than Assassin's Creed as well. Um, like I've, Mirror's Edge, or like Mirror's Edge. I even thought like Shadow of Mordor like mm. was more oh, yeah. fun to just run straight up a wall and get to the top of something. No one else in the game knew how to do that, which broke it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed is still running on a lot of like the sort of the same ideas I had a long time ago, and I think like to drastically change it would be very difficult. I, I kind of have like a love it hate it situation with Assassin's Creed games because I do not like the combat at all. I don't like how how simplified they've pretty much assigned everything to one button or two buttons. I still have that thing where I run into a crowd and like yeah. jump up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Or you jump, you jump off a building and land on a guy <laughs> that's chasing you. Like Stupid stuff like that always happens. But I'm, or like, just land on a guy holding a bushel of apples. Yeah, yeah. Like I was the actually... The cover's blown. I always really appreciated the scope of those games. Yeah. And just playing them was kind of secondary. But um, I'm, I'm always willing to give them another shot. I know? feel like they need to take a minute and just like figure out like all right let's figure out our combat let's figure yeah. out our traversal like maybe take a year off and then come back really strong I would with like love an that. incredible game like yeah. that's what like Far Cry is doing that right now and Splinter yeah. Cell is doing that right now where they're just mm. taking breaks and Ubisoft has enough going on where I hope where they can just keep you know keep the factories going but like yeah start alternating like Far Cry Splinter Cell and Far yeah. and Assassin's Creed yep that's actually such a good idea yep throw in another Rayman <laughs> <laughs> In, uh, in other Ubisoft news this week that people are upset about, oh. <laughs> uh, they've announced that Rainbow Six Siege it yeah. will launch with 10 maps. That is a so low, low That is number. an anemic map 10 pool. maps, no single player mode, multiplayer only, $60. That is a, that is a skeleton of a game. Yeah. And, I, and I, I say that having played the game and, and really you, enjoyed what I've played. Did right, you, like, you played, evolve? Like, uh, yes, I did. You reviewed Evolve. So, like, yeah. how does that compare as content-wise to Evolve? How does this so, compare to Goldeneye? <laughs> right, right. So, Evolve had, I want to say, 16 maps mm. at, uh, at launch. Um, also, in a way, like, the, the map... So, the relationship between maps in Evolve and the experience and the maps in, say, a competitive first-person shooter, uh, like, a, like a PvP uh, shooter... A little bit different. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a little bit different. Like in in Evolve, it's like a exploration space, and uh, you know the cat and mouse changes to a degree on each of those. But I feel like uh, when you're playing a competitive like team based shooter, it's a whole it's a whole different story. The, the map is the game. The maps are the game. The map pool is the sure. game. And so yeah. I feel like that's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. I, I play the game. I think it's totally fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, being multiplayer only already limits. How much time I'm going to spend with it, yeah. and then yeah, sure. also knowing that there's just not a lot of different environments to take on. To. But from it what you played, little... like the the environment you played in, did it feel like sandboxy enough that you could basically go in and play it a hundred different ways? Not no. I mean, I thought something... that's like the whole thing with the destructible walls and ceilings, where like there's it, you're not you're not <clears> it's <throat> not like playing the facility in Goldeneye, where it's almost the exact same thing every time. Like you can make a yeah, door somewhere. It'll play out a little bit little differently every time. But I'm sure people will find, as they always do, yeah. what's optimal. Yeah, like right. the, the defensive That's the thing, and like how long will that fun. fun last of people sort of figuring <clears throat> right. out like mm -hmm. routes and stuff before they're like, nah, I can bounce a grenade off this wall and right. like find. Right. Like they can play test the game to death and they'll still miss some sort of, not even necessarily exploits, but just optimal ways. Like there will be a right and wrong way to do things sure, as, the, as the metagame sort of develop, develops. And I, and I think with a game like that where there's a, an existing player base of like enthusiasts that already care about that franchise and that style right. of gameplay, that'll happen in my opinion very, very quickly. I do think the flip side is, I, I think that 10 map number is low, like surprisingly low. I saw it and was like, oof. Um, but the flip side is in most multiplayer games is about 10 maps that people like and then sure. the rest are so like, eh, yeah. we don't even we don't even care about these other eight maps. Yeah, so but that's like, because they start with twenty and they get to narrow down the ten they like. But that's so what I, I mean. So you start like with you 10, end up you end up with five. That's what I'm saying. After well, maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe they've just made ten really good maps. Perhaps yeah. we don't know. Like that's why it's 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 weird for me to sort of get preemptively upset about something where I don't know really how mechanically it functions on mm -hmm. its own. Like maybe these are really awesome standalone pieces yeah. of content. Uh, like I 
I've never like really counted maps in games before to that extent. I just that's what I mean. I really just kind of gravitate to like I got, like I I spent probably a year playing Mario Kart 64 Battle Mode mm. that had four maps right. and one of them was bad. The <laughs> so last but I kept going, you know, because the other three were great. The last shooters that I played really really heavily were Call of Duty 4, mm. Halo Reach, and Gears of War. And in all three of those, there was probably about eight to ten maps that people played with yeah. regularity. And those I, also had big single-player campaigns. Yeah, they, sure. But I'm, I'm I mean, thinking like, specifically yeah. about multiplayer. Like when I played a thousand matches of multiplayer, those mm. thousand matches were the majority of them were probably on eight to ten really, really strong maps, and then right. certain ones fall off. So that's why I don't know if that's deliberate on Ubisoft's part. They probably have data from previous games that shows. Man, look, people are really just gravitating towards these strong maps anyway. So mm-hmm. let's just focus on on. Um, where the strengths are, but that doesn't excuse the absence of, you know, all the other gameplay, all the other things that make a game worth sixty dollars. Right. Um, not, not to mention also, like, even if they are looking, let's say they did do that, right? They looked at they looked at other games and they said, you know what, we you know, according to our research, people only generally play on a handful of maps anyway, yeah. so let's just give them a handful of maps, or just dust, that is, right? Or just dust if you're playing Counter Strike. That is, of course, assuming that you are confident that you have the greatest level designers in the entire history of video right, games. Right, that's what Altano's saying. Who, who out of 20 and then 10 or... Who out of yes, 10, yes. they will hit all 10 of those shots. Yep. You yeah. know what I mean? As opposed to what happens in other... Oh, yeah. You know, even, even with, with a legendary design crew, yeah. you get most other, you know, great, great legendary uh, FPSs will have 20 maps and five of them will be, will be ones that, that stand the test of time. Yeah. Like, going by the same... Even better math... Even if they hit fifty percent of their of these maps, even even if half of them are unbelievably just imp- impeccable, there will still only be five maps that people yeah. play. Yep. Yeah, it, I don't think there has been yet a big AAA multiplayer only game that was really a home run. Dota. Um, well, but that's I'm, I mean, let's say a shooter. Sure. Multiplayer, so, uh, multiplayer depending only on how shooter. Counter So like, who's playing Titanfall? Who's playing Evolve? Yeah, Evolve has fallen off a lot. But although I will, I will say, like, so yeah, right. Evolve started off with with uh, a relatively, like, I would say, a, a medium sized map pool. But they've also added free, like, several free maps since sure. then. Um, not to mention, you know, new monsters and hunters, which sadly haven't been free and quite expensive, which yeah. has been the, I think, the main problem with that game. But um, yeah, I guess it's true. It's hard to think so about like the last... Counter-Strike Go was a big success, but that was yep. a digital-only release. I think yeah. it was it was like $20, yeah. right? So Battlefield like, was also this I'm year thinking too. of a big AAA retail release. single-player. I think... Did it? Bad Company? Oh, it did. Not Bad Company. No, Battlefield it? Hardline had single-player. Oh, it did. But Battlefront yeah. is coming this year. That'll, I think... Battlefront that, could be the that one. Be the one? That could be the one the to break through. One that is a home run. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's riding off a lot of Star Wars hype right now. And um, Battlefront hype. I mean, and it's it's probably going to be a great game. I'm super disappointed. There's no single player there at all. Like that, the fact that they've made an engine that is showcasing the most beautiful version of Star Wars I've ever seen in the video game, and the only thing I can do in it is run around in circles and shoot other people like while I people, thought there was some kind of horror mode challenge deal in it that I remember reading about. Yeah, but it's yeah, still, there are, like, it's still like multiplayer based. Like there's uh, there's no like story there are, campaign. No. There are co-op missions that are made to be played just you and your friend to a couple of friends mm-hmm. PVE against mm-hmm. the against the against the computer. Still not a replacement for a full-fledged campaign yeah, obviously, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's really again with all these games it's hard to like maybe Battlefront's co-op, you know, scenario stuff could be really cool. Like I when I was playing Smash Brothers for Wii U, I didn't ever play the story mode. I played the single player events and mm-hmm. I played the 100 man smash with every character to try to get as, you know, as high of a score as possible. And like I played 20 or 30 hours of that game single player, but none of that was in like the story. Well, or almost none of it. Like because I had a really, you know, elaborate suite like it took Used all the tools that they have and remixed them and gave them back to you in these interesting. Well, Smash Brothers for Wii U didn't really have a story mode like the GameCube or the Wii ones did. It didn't have like the subspace thing. It just yeah. basically had like. But I mean, like even going like through a classic the classic mode. Yeah. yeah, like so I would go through. That's what I did, and then I did um, the timed challenges. Right, like right, right. The, the one minute smash with every character, and like I spent evenings doing that stuff just by myself. And so Battlefield could have Battlefront, excuse me, could have this big elaborate system like that, or it could not. And yeah. we'll see, you know. Like, I hope it does. I think the difference, the X Factor there in what we're talking about is that some of these games we're talking about... Remember the X Factor? Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, no, but what, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is that certain games have more of a dynamic element to them. Like, when you look at Rainbow Six, at least all the Rainbow Six that I've played in my life, 
uh, I don't want to say that the maps are constricted, but they, they, they're definitely focused around uh, a small number, maybe two or three hot points where like that's where fighting always happens. It's an, and it's a matter of who gets the superior positioning and, and who um, you know, gets like a little bit of an advantage in the early, you know, in the early firefights. Whereas something like Battlefield, and it looks to me like Battlefront, these games are huge, huge war spaces that are kind of dynamic, yeah. and a lot of things, a lot of different things can be happening in a lot of different places at once. It's just gonna be loud, like that's my impression of that game. It's just gonna be a loud kind of mess, maybe in a good way, maybe in a not so good what, way. What Battlefront? Maybe. Yeah, like real war. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I also suspect that in a play space that large, it's gonna feel hard for the different maps in a game like Battlefront to feel distinct and unique. Sure, especially since it seems like the objectives, like all the maps seem to be objective-based to, at least from what we've seen anyway so far, I, I couldn't speak to like all the modes that are going to be in Battlefront, but it looks like at least the main game mode, each map is going to be used in a very uh, almost scripted way, where it's like, hey, you're as the rebels, you'll always be in this area of this map defending mm -hmm. these objectives, and yeah. as the Imperials, you'll always be you know, coming from this direction and going down this pathway, so... Even though the the stages are large, yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe they will be relatively static. I don't I know. Just, I just really wish they put a single player mode in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Run around with BB-8 and Jakku and yeah. Ray and Finn are hanging out. And there's your, that your new child. Your new child. All the other. Yeah, my I mean, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there will be plenty more Star Wars video games to come following the the new. Trilogy. I hope so. They canceled like the last ten of them, and then they, they put the other two on mobile, which is fine. But like, you know, mobile yeah. ones are right. Yeah, Star Wars Uprising. Did you, you check it out? I did. I played. I played the first twenty five minutes of it. Um, it's interesting. I have no problems with it. I like the setting. I like the ideas that are in play. I'd yeah. rather play. I. I want I want a Star Wars game, a single player Star Wars game that looks like Star Wars. Battlefront. I agree. I, the mobile game is no substitute for any of that. I'm just saying. I was pleasantly surprised yeah. with what we did get. I. I don't like it. You know, it was hooked. Is Mitch Dyer? Is oh yeah, in deep. Yeah. Yeah. He texted me from Japan. Yep. Saying, "Yo, you want to do some co-op and uprising?" I'm like, "A, it's two thirty in the afternoon here. I'm at work. <laughs> no. <laughs> B, what time is it over in Japan?" He's like, "It's six a.m. I can't sleep." You're in Japan. Yeah. He's like, "I can't sleep. I want to do some co-op missions." I'm like, "Go walk around the block." Yeah. Like, you're in Japan. It's perfectly safe. You can walk around anywhere in Tokyo. You can go anywhere in Tokyo, <laughs> yeah. you can you can go to a, a laundromat there, and it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> True. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hi, listeners. What's up, listeners? Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop.ign.com. I was, I was really excited. I thought we got an email from a girl, but because it said the subject line said Melanie, but then the email is signed Josh. Only the fishermen write in the trout spout. So, <laughs> so Melanie, if you are watching, your email has been compromised <laughs> by Josh. <laughs> And Josh asks, what game do you remember being the game that started you in gaming? For me, it was a PC game called Harpoon. It wasn't the first game I played, but was the first game I really played. Mm. Spent hours and hours on the military tactical game. Yeah. So he wants to know what's the game that really got us in there. And Interesting. Justin, I'm going to let you go first, but I also want to point out, we talked beforehand, that this is my... He's, He's stealing my we, game. We share. We share a big. game that got, really got us Yeah, into it. I mean, it's not a, an especially surprising. It's Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Um, we got an NES for, it was it was an Easter gift for the family, oddly enough. How old were you? Um, five. Easter gift. Yeah. From five. Who? For just from your parents? It was, for, it was, for, it was for the family. Yeah. Um, a rabbit shows up yeah. with a big basket of games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was Mario. I was a little bit too young to ever play Atari, um, and so I didn't know. I mean, now in hindsight, I realize how special Mario was, and his physics and the smoothness of his jumping and the smoothness of the scrolling stages was really special and different than games like Pitfall that had come before. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, I just, you know, was really fun, and I liked that there were so many secrets in it, and, you know, you'd hit an invisible block, and then um, you would find, like, I remember I found the warp zone, like, on my own by jumping above the stage in 1-2, and that's, like, mind-blowing when you're, like, five or six yeah. years old. Like, that's you a really big really, deal. Like, you've discovered a secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No it one is only knows. yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, always looked like something was wrong when you were running up there, yeah. like, running past the yeah, score. Like, that's, the like, how clever is that? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're up there where this element of the game that you just don't think that you should be able to interact yeah. with. Yeah. Like, it's it was that, really cool. Yeah, this, like, that's not supposed to be the world that you're in. That's yeah. just something for And it also felt like you could go underwater, and, like, that felt really special. And, like, it just felt like a really big, special game. It was a big, special game. Yeah, like we we had an Atari twenty six hundred, and I would play games like uh, Defender and Atlantis with my dad, uh, Combat. But like, 
my grand, there was a showbiz pizza near my grandparents' house. And showbiz is like Chuck E. Cheese. Right. And he would take us there and like give us tokens. And my sister and I would play games. And then like one day, Super Mario Brothers, the arcade cabinet was there. And then that was like, like I could tell it was different and right. special. It was mm-hmm. just like, there was like a long line of people waiting to play yep. the game. Wow. I just played that at a, a Brewcade here in yeah. San Francisco. They have the Mario yeah. Arcade. Brewcade is really cool. If anyone's in the Bay Area, yeah. you should check out some Market Street. Also, uh, Foundry, Folsom Street Foundry, another great uh, ga- gaming Folsom and... Folsom uh, Street Foundry, I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, they do game nights, and it's incredible. A huge, beautiful space, lots of fighting games, lots of Smash, lots of Mario Kart, I'm going and to, board games. I'm going to Portland this weekend. Ground I'm, Control. I'm going to Ground Control. Yep. I'm very excited about that. It's I, awesome. I've heard so, they have a full bar. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I just want to say, but like, so I, I found Super Mario the Brothers at the arcade, and then when I saw a commercial on TV for this new system that lets me play Super Mario Brothers at home, that was like... That was it. That was, that was like, I told I my parents, I like, have to have this. We had that a couple times in our lives growing up, was this amazing moment of being able to go to an arcade and play something that was insurmountable to you. Because, the, I mean, uh, now I, I bought an arcade cabinet a couple years ago. I gave it to Sam Claiborne, who works here at IGN, because I didn't have room for it anymore. And I, when, I, when I was growing up, I thought arcades were full of technology from top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, there's no way you could ever put that on a... And then like when I, op- when I got an arcade, I realized you open it up, like the entire game fits on a thing this yeah. big, and there's a big fat TV up top, and the rest is just bugs and dust. <laughs> you know? Maybe a rat in there. It's, yeah, it's like a dead rat, and that's about it. And I remember like there was a couple times like that growing up where you would play an arcade game, and then it would come to... like and This happened with Super Mario Brothers. It happened with Donkey Kong. It happened with Ninja Turtles, the arcade, mm-hmm. which was four-player. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind, because I was like, oh, there's so much circuitry in there. And it's like, no, they put it on the NES. <laughs> and on the NES, they added more foot soldiers. They're like, mm. well, just throw in more foot. That was actually a box quote. They're like, more, more foot, foot soldiers. soldiers. Um, and then Mortal Kombat was yeah. one of those mm-hmm. games that we played in the arcade. And then they put out on uh, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, and we stopped going to the arcades. And we're like, we don't need to go there anymore. Yeah. And then the arcades went away forever. Yeah, yeah. We sad. ruined our lives. Except now we have arcade and ground control. It, yeah. it, it felt magic yeah. and special when arcade yeah. games came home. It oh, felt yeah. like you were like yeah. cheating. Well, and and to see like, how they got better over the years, too. Like Super Mario Bros. was the first one that was like identical to its arcade yeah. version in, yeah. in its home version. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then when you, have, like, you take Mortal Kombat, so Mortal Kombat 1, when that came home, was like, I mean, it was fine. But it was like a joke compared to the, the well, arcade right. version, but and then, and then two. two was getting very was yeah. like was like whoa! I actually feel like it's okay if I stay home and just play this because right. it's close enough. It's not perfect. I still enjoyed going to the arcade to play it there, but it was it was MK3 and then playing MK Trilogy on the PS1. Yeah. That was like that's it. It's I had it's it on the N64. Flawless. Me too. So the N64 version was eighty dollars. Yeah, yeah, eighty dollars. I mean, yeah, yeah, seventy-five. Yeah. That PS1 version was yeah. just like it was. That was it. I don't need to go. So Brian, what was the game? So the you? first game I ever played was uh, was there was a laundromat in Jersey City on on the corner that had a, a Donkey Kong arcade cabinet in it, and I was like mm. four years old, and my dad lifted me up to play it, and I really liked it. But then we uh, there was probably a year or two between that and when we got the NES, where I did most the most of the time I actually played video games was at school, because school had like oh, weird yeah. computers where you played mm. like. Stuff like Math Blaster yeah. and Reader Rabbit and Oregon Trail mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong. Like there was this really, and this was like, to date myself here, this was when computers had four colors. And it was like black, <laughs> white, purple, and baby blue. And <laughs> every game you played was in those four colors. Uh, and then eventually like better computers came out. But the first Oregon Trail I ever played was just black and green, mm, right? Yeah. It was the like the, the yeah. original version AKA of the game. Bison murder. Yeah, so it was actually <laughs> bison it was, murder simulator. It was, yeah. It was a couple of those games fell right in between me getting an NES, which you know, when I got I got an NES and Mario was sold out when I went to get my, my <laughs> NES that day. So I got Zelda. It wasn't, it wasn't a bundle. No, no. Actually, so I got the I got the weirdest bundle of the NES ever. I don't know if anyone remembers this. There was a version. Uh, there, uh, there was a bundle of the NES that didn't come with a game, or a Rob the Robot, or a Power Pad, mm-hmm. or a Light Gun. It came with a book. <laughs> One book. It came with a book that was about this thick. That was a huge guide of every. NES game ever made and all the ones that were soon to come. And wow. there was like a one page like cheat codes and explanation and maps. It was like before Nintendo Power was an It's a book about all this stuff you can't play. Yeah. It was all this and as a kid it was just like this tome of like yeah. there's I, I'll never have all of these games. And like there was a full page about Mike Tyson's punch out and you would turn the page and it'd be a full page on Contra. Like third party stuff was in there. It was all beautiful eight bit graphics all over the place. Oh. Uh, so I got the book bundle of the NES. Weird. <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about that in a while. So it was, yeah, it was weird. I think there was a couple years there where I was mostly playing like 
weird edutainment games on a SVGA <laughs> monitor, and that was Math Blaster. Yeah, and I was yeah. like excited to go to school because I'm like I can play video games at school. And then we got an NES and a computer at home, and you know the rest is history. So you think those edutainment games are like what got you into gaming? I think they taught me what video games could be. I think they also taught me what I never wanted to play again. Because <laughs> I think like by the by the, like the fiftieth time you play Reader Rabbit or Math Blaster, you're sort of like I get it. But yeah. like I want something with a story, you know, like Super Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. the greatest story in video <laughs> game history. Vince, how about you? So for me, uh, it goes back uh, before Super Mario Brothers. Uh, the the first game that I was really super into was Cubert. Uh, I played oh. I played Cubert not so much in the arcades, but at home on the uh, Texas Instruments, the uh, TI ninety nine four A. That was my first. Uh, my first gaming system that I owned. My sister had a 2600, but you know, my sister was older than me. I, I wasn't allowed generally into her room. I mean, sometimes I snuck in there and played a little bit of Pitfall or, or a, you know, a really bad version of Pac-Man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, no, generally speaking, the, the first thing that, I, that was mine was that TI-99, and for a long time, Cubert was the only game I had on it. And um, I think what, what, what grabbed my little tiny, like, five-year-old mind about it was that, you know, Pac-Man seemed so linear to me. I mean, they're both single screen experiences, right? Mm -hmm. But Cubert had this at least illusion of, of depth, of like 3D depth. Right. You know, it was like I was, sure. I was maneuvering top to bottom, but I was also maneuvering left to right, and it looked like I was coming in and out of the screen. You yeah. know, so to me, it seemed like a much more uh, free, sophisticated, and dynamic thing. Like you, could a, you could also jump out of the game. Yeah. Like, you could jump off of the game board, which, yeah. like, you can't... In Pac-Man, yeah. you're just in this death maze forever. Like, you're trapped. <laughs> forever. Even when you yeah. try to leave, you show up on the other side. It's like this Greek tragedy. Yeah, and that's <laughs> actually... Kubrick can just opt out. Yeah, he's just like, nah, I'm committing suicide. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing about that, too, is that that's actually a mechanic in the game, too, because... Whereas Pac-Man has the, the limited resource there is the power pellets, right? You grab a power pellet, now you're god mode for like the next however long. So the similar thing in Cubert were the, were the discs, the escape discs. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, Coily, the, the snake, he was like the most imposing enemy because he could kind of go up and down. He, could, he had the same mobility as you, basically. Mm -hmm. And he was the only one who had that. So, um, but you, had, you could trick him. You could stand on the edge near where one of those discs were and then you could jump off and he would try to jump after you yeah. to capture you and he would miss and you'd go back to the top on this escape disc. And like that was such a cool, like you had to, think about the difference between that and Pac-Man. Pac-Man was just like, I get the power up and then I win. And this, it was like, I've got to lure him in, I've got to bait him, I've got to time it just right and then like I got to try to make my escape and trick him into, into dying. It was like a way more, uh, I didn't realize at the time why I liked that more. It was just like, oh, cool, pretty colors. I'm five. I, re you know? I really appreciate that scene in Wreck It Ralph where Cubert's like this down and out homeless dude. Because like, if you think about Pac-Man and Cubert, like, yeah, yeah, they were they were just as you know, they were both really fun games. Cubert got left behind. Yeah, Cubert got left behind. Like he is in in the history of video games. Like we got a Cubert. Like, bring him back. Cubert's like brought out a new Cubert this year. This year, yeah. yeah. More different enemies with more different uh, yeah. AI, you know, routines to to chase you down. Cubert's um, like the two chicks in Destiny's Child. Yeah, <laughs> like who? The other ones. Yeah, Pac-Man's Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, in that scenario, Pac-Man's Beyonce. No, but I, I want to ask. Yeah. I want to ask another question. Pac-Man could be Beyonce. That's true. <laughs> I want to ask another question that kind of piggybacks off this. Yeah. Because there's the game that like was the first one that got us in, right? But then like, what's the one that that wrangled you in for life? Like, we're all adults, at least I mean, in terms right. of the amount of years we we have been on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we're still doing this, and we're. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm going to be doing this until like my hands don't work anymore. So mm -hmm. like. You'll be able to control games with your mind. Yeah. Right. So there's no one's going to want to see those reviews, by the way. <laughs> I think it's good, I think, but I, I can't think, play it. What was I saying again? Um, <laughs> no, but so you checked out Senior Citizen with Arthritis on YouTube.com. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, what's, what's the moment, I feel like, where you knew as, like, a, a young adult or a you know, not a child when you're like, I'm going to be doing this for Zelda, Zelda, a long time. Legend which, which Zelda? Zelda? The, the original Legend of Zelda. Like the first time I started sequence breaking in that game uh -huh. when like I accidentally went to the third temple before the first one and sure. I'm like, you can do that or typing in your name as Zelda and playing an entire second quest. Like mm -hmm. the fact that that game had a sequel in it yeah. was crazy to me. Uh, and I, I probably spent Probably spent 200 hours playing that game, you know, wow. like to the point now, somebody was playing it on the GBA in the office a few years ago, and I walked up to them and I was like, burn that bush, bomb that wall, burn that, move that block, move that here. You have now, you know, you have seven heart containers before the first level. Done. <laughs> and it, they, they were just like, oh my God, like, how do you know all that? And I'm like, this is like, this is ingrained in my head. Like that, <laughs> that my, my mom will say, will tell the story about how there was a, 
like a full year where all she heard was a Legend of Zelda theme song coming out of our living room. And she, it, she, like, she didn't hear anything but that. I didn't watch TVs or movies. I just played Zelda. And young you knew then that this was something you're never going to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, that was, it was just so special. It was like, it was, it was really hard to explain to parents at the time. Like, my, my parents are both very well read. Like, they're teachers and they're sitting there with a whole library of books in the house. Why don't you read? Oh, yeah, I will, I will. Why don't you do this? With, go outside. I'm like, yeah, but there's an adventure right here. Yeah. You don't understand. There's a story. Here. Like this guy has to save this girl from this pig. <laughs> yeah, and uh, an old man in a cave. An old man. It does a very irresponsible thing by giving a dangerous weapon to a child. And there's a. It's <clears> just a wooden sword. It's just a wooden sword. But there's there's a, like to me there's an entire adventure. Like when I think about Legend of Zelda, I don't think about like the epic graphics. I think about the paintings that were on the back of the box and, and in the manuals and stuff like that. I, I love the art in the original know? Zelda manual where it's just this kid and there in front of him is this insurmountable mountain and these these giant lizard men and he's got to fight them all. And I think about the game like that, like it's a conquest of this huge adventure and not really just a bunch of blocks smashing into each other. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that Zelda was like open world, right? Yeah, you go up, down, left, or right. Sure. Well, not down at the start but I mean like uh, you can go and you it's like all right go hope you went in that cave otherwise you're host <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you'll figure it out yep yeah it respected it respected our intelligence a lot more than uh, a lot of modern uh, games do yeah. and, like you'll go right and run into Dr. Ox or go left and you'll run into other stuff or you like, blow up cool. a wall and you walk in and some guy's like you found a secret and he gives you money you blow up another wall and some guy goes you broke my door. Pay me. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's one of the first, like one of the first twenty video games ever made, or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and, and then, and how then, the hell did they do that? And then he went on to destroy everyone's pots yep. and everything, and yep. no one cares. Yeah, like I mean, Link's gone on to do a thousand other adventures. Uh, the original Legend of Zelda is still, still one of my favorite. I still play through that game once a year. Like that's awesome. It's still Super Mario Bros. for me because that's the one where. Uh, I, I convinced my parents to get me my video game console, and I was like the yeah. first kid in my neighborhood, the first kid at school to have an NES, so everyone wanted to talk to me about it and come over to my house and play. And that's what actually like started gaming, gaming became a big part of my identity, and, like right. who I was. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was still Super Mario Bros. I remember that, that was really cool how that happened a lot in the 80s and 90s, was you, you made friends through video games. Yeah, like, oh yeah. And you would go to their houses and you would play games that you didn't have. And it was like yeah. going to a different world. Like you'd go to some kid's house and you'd sit in his, 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 you know, on this floor and his mom would bring in food. And you'd, you'd like you eat snacks and play Silver Surfer for NES, which is like a game I would never buy. But my friend got it. Did you, did you guys like trade games with each other? Like yeah. let each other borrow them? And then some idiot would write his name on yours and then you'd have to fight him? Yeah, that would be I didn't loan my games really out. Really? No. Really? No. <laughs> you were that kid? Yeah. Oh, man, you're bad. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't loan them out. Really? Yeah. I it was like a I mean not as like a kid like in high school I would, but not as a it was like a like a, a youth. It was like mixtapes on like a black market with my friends and I. Like we were constantly trading everyone we you would like the the big thing you couldn't do was like I couldn't lend a game to Vince and then Vince would lend that game to Damon and oh, then yeah, I'd be like, be Where's it. the game? And you'd be like, Damon has it and then Damon would be like, Oh, my mom sold it and I'd be like, <laughs> I don't have there's no cops that, that can help me here. Like this this won't hold up in court. All right, we have time for one or two more questions. This is from Jordan. Uh, he says, you have had plenty of discussions regarding a one-console future, but with Apple opening up the Apple TV to allow games and some flops like the Ouya in the last few years, I was wondering if you thought there is a possibility of a new challenger in the console market. Which companies do you believe could contend for a fourth spot in mainstream console gaming, and what would they need to do to carve out their own niche? Yeah. It's weird, right? It's, it, it's been the same for yeah. a while. But it hasn't always been this way. There, like at one time there was there wasn't a PlayStation, sure. and at one time there wasn't an Xbox. Yep. But I've I heard a theory, and I would need to. I guess I had, didn't like fact check this in my mind to verify that this is true. That since the beginning of consoles, there's always been three people making consoles, two experiencing a lot of success, and one struggling. So it's like when there was Nintendo, Sony, and Sega. Sega was like really on the ropes, yeah. you know. And now there's Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, and Nintendo's kind of in some trouble. Mm -hmm. um, there was so. also Nintendo, Sega, and Turbo Graphics, right? Which was a weird yeah, few and, years. And Tur Tur Turbo was definitely, Turbo was definitely sure. the best. Again, like one I'm of not saying, I'm just like I literally that just popped into my head. Graphics. I don't know yeah. that that's super verified. Like last gen, maybe that doesn't hold up because right. they were all kind of balanced. But that's sort of a rough rule of thumb. So in the '80s, there was Nintendo and Sega, both gaming companies at the time. Nintendo hadn't always been a gaming company, but they decided they yeah. uh, were going to be a gaming company. Well, not video gaming, but yes, gaming company. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so the companies that like, had to, that 
had the, uh, uh, I don't know, the means to enter the market were giant technology companies right. like Sony yes. and Microsoft. Yeah. Companies mm-hmm. that have the cash and the resources to put behind that R and D and the marketing. You know, did he ask? Did he ask? Are we supposed to speculate on who it would be, or just yeah? Is it he possible? wants. He was. He wants to know like what companies uh, could possibly contend. Yeah, it would be like, asked. or like a <laughs> Google. I mean, it would I'm be. Sorry, it would be. It would, yeah. be it would be AMD. <laughs> AMD is who. AMD. Yeah, I mean, they're, see, already, they're not on the same level as Sony or Microsoft. But they're already powering all the consoles anyway. Hmm. You know, so it's like oh, it's interesting. That's an interesting play for them. Like it's not oh, all you have to do is design a whole console. But it's kind of like yeah, all you got to do is just you know package it up and release a box with a controller and sure, have some first party software. I think like, like a- Amazon is stuck one one toe in that pond. Like yeah. they have a they have a set top boxes. Yeah, they have Fire, Fire TV. TV stick. Mm-hmm. They have a dedicated controller. Yeah, which is like more than Apple has. You know, Apple has been still afraid of that. Uh, you, there's a lot of controllers that work with with iOS devices, yeah. but none of them are very straight up like. This is the Apple controller, it's but Amazon not- has an Amazon Fire controller that it ju- looks and plays like an Xbox 360 controller. Uh, like I was playing Crossy Road on my television a couple <laughs> a couple weeks ago just because it was there and it was free. Um, so I think like they could probably get into it, but I think they're sort of moving away from hardware stuff too. Like they did their phones and hardware's tablets. tough. Hardware's tough. It's real tough. Giant companies really like expensive. Amazon to succeed. It's really expensive. Even Microsoft. It's had a challenging run trying to make hardware succeed I mean, outside of the Xbox. It feels like Apple, if they wanted to, they could totally step in and just Apple force in. their way in. Apple I mean, totally if you look at Xbox, like they forced their way in. Like that was a bunch of kind of like kind of out of it old middle-aged guys who were just like, let's make the generation X video game machine box. And they showed up and it was just like this gaudy, giant, ugly box with a big X on it. Yeah. But that was, and they started making that, deals. And, even that was building off of DirectX on the PC. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, they weren't they had experience. Yeah, They had experience on the PC gaming side. So um, We've already seen an era where a bunch of, you know, multimedia, you know, electronics giants are all, you know, pitch in and say, hey, let's make our own box. You know, the 3DO, the, mm-hmm. the CDI, yeah. the, you know, the... We've already kind of seen that era, and we kind of see how that shakes out. It just almost seems like an immutable rule of the market that like there's only room for so many, and one has to fall in order for yeah. there to be space for another. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it would probably be it would probably be someone like an AMD or an Nvidia or a Samsung or just a big electronics manufacturer, LG. I mean, I remember there was a lot of speculation for a while that EA would make their own dedicated console because it's like they're they're. They're able to annualize most of their games anyway, but I just never see anything like that happening. No. There's no reason to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they already have. So if the idea is like we want to get something in people's living rooms as an anchor so that we can sell them our stuff, or they already have Origin. Like mm-hmm. that's you know the, the, a soft. That's a software solution to that problem. And then you know as far as like getting their games out there, I mean they obviously don't have any. They're on everything. They're on every single platform. So it's not like they need a. a uh, kind of a bespoke delivery system to get their product out there. They kind of like, I, I, in a way, like a, a company like EA, um, I don't really see what they would have to gain almost, you know what I mean, like yeah. from taking on the risk. Same thing with AMD, I personally think. Like, you're right, I think they could yeah. do it, but it's like like you said, they're already selling they make a all lot their, of money. They're already making mm-hmm. a lot of money selling what they have to all the competitors. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. Like, why, why, uh, why endanger that by uh, trying to step it's into so the It's so fascinating yourself? to me that they, yeah. that they powered, that these companies, these cutthroat companies all have AMD inside. I know. Yep. It's like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. I guess technically Valve is trying to do something like right, this with right. the Steam Box, yeah. yeah, which is still we're still like kind of nebulous. And yep, don't we really think understand how it's going to work. I mean, Altano, you're totally right that in terms of pure like if just pure betting, like if we were to bet on who could do it and would do it, Apple is the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, a they have literally tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars just in cash. Like, yeah, they could buy Nintendo easily, mm-hmm. and then they would they would be done. Um, they're already dipping their toes in. You know, they already have a huge software and and hardware track record. They're mm-hmm. they're one of the biggest software and hardware, you know, sort of holistic view. It's sort of interesting. Like game consoles are one of the only things where like software and hardware, you need to be really good at both, and they're really closely married together. And then here's this package. Mm-hmm. And like Apple's really one of the only companies doing that to a great degree of success with you know iOS and um, their desktop OS and computers. So. It, it feels like. I mean, so I guess what we're asking for here is like they need to make a dedicated console because Apple is already eating a lot of people's lunches in the in the yeah. gaming space. Like, yeah, that's what I, was I, I I play a lot of like, I I was playing like Lara Croft Go recently for yeah. a while, and that's that ate up time I could have been spent playing sure. Metal Gear or Mario Maker or anything else. So um, it's interesting. I really just think it, it's. There's a sort of pride thing with their with their uh, interfaces that they don't want to just be like here is a controller. 
Like if you give people a controller and you say it works with all of these games, yeah. uh, then you're already in. Like I think the exactly. Apple TV is, is yeah. your console. You're already there. And you already have people going like, that's the thing. Like if, if I get an Apple TV this fall or whenever the new ones come out, like it has all my movie purchases on it already. It has all my music on it already. It has the last 5,000 apps I've downloaded basically baked in. All the games I've already purchased are already there. So there's already a video game ecosystem waiting for me. I just need a way to play it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't need to have a game console to make you know a billion dollars off of video games. They already do. Sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is that, is that in a way I don't see. While you're right, they totally have all the credentials and the capabilities <laughs> yeah. and the resources to do it. I don't see why they do it because I mean, and as much as it pains me to say this, by the numbers, they already have the, the number one gaming device yeah. in the world. Yeah. So it's already in everyone's pockets. It's already. Yeah. They already have. Total, not total saturation, but as much as they could hope for, and adding a, a separate box yeah. to their line. I don't, I don't think it's likely, but I think it's more likely than anyone else. I think. Sure, I, yeah. I think the most fascinating thing about all this is that, uh, despite all of that that you're describing about how they have the number one gaming platform in the world, if you think about it, and they're making millions of dollars off of games, uh, game sales aren't slowing down at all, and console sales are, are doing almost better yeah. than ever. So uh, people still kind of want that. Traditional kind of core mm-hmm. sit down. Oh yeah, I don't kind of want it. I I, I do. I, re- I, 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 I refuse. I refuse to, to to let yeah. go of it yeah. ever. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. So I think there's you know uh, we're gonna have to meet in the middle with that kind of stuff. I think, and Apple's gonna have to realize that before they, they just go. Well, people just want to play Candy Crush on their phone. Like, no, I want to play Metal Gear. Or you know, it's yeah. or it's totally valid for them to continue to just to serve that audience and yep. keep making money off of it. And you know, it's also not there. Like, if someone wants to make audience. Metal Gear or a Metal Gear like experience on their device, they can. Yeah. Like Apple's like, yo, like do what you want. It's sure. Not, you know, it's the it's the App Store. Release whatever app you want to make. Yep. And then it happens to be to Candy Crush extent. that makes you know five hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's true. All right, before we go, time to play Video Game 20 Questions. Yeah! Our suggestion this week comes from Kelson, who says, Hello, Gamescoop crew. My name is Kelson. I'm a longtime Gamescoop listener. Hey, really been Kelson. enjoying <laughs> Video Game 20 Questions, so I thought I would send in a game for the crew to guess. Thank you guys so much for making one of my favorite podcasts. Have a nice day. Aw, you're welcome. What a nice guy. Now he's going to ruin my afternoon <laughs> yeah, by making me <laughs> guess a bunch of wrong games and screw up my friends. Dance, dance for you too, Kelson. You, you totally are too harsh on yourself. You do, you do all right in this game. I think it's this game is too harsh on me. <laughs> Did this game come out before January 1st, 2000? No. Okay. Uh, is this game on... A Sony console. Yes. Uh, is this game exclusive to the console to, to, to a Sony console? No. Okay. Um, it's multi-platform in the last 15 years. Yes. Is, is the game from the PS3 360 Wii generation? Yes. Okay. Uh, are you primarily shooting things in this game? Yes. Okay. We're not even not really close. Um, <laughs> no, we're doing great. Are we? I think yeah, we're doing. Okay. I think we're doing. I think we're doing fine. Okay. Um, I can never uh, tell what shooty, these things. Shooty, shooty game. Okay, from so the shooty game. Xbox 360, PS3 era. Okay. Um, is uh, is this game a uh, what you might describe as a sci-fi shooter? Is it? Is it? Does it have a sci-fi uh, setting? I don't think so. Okay, that's useful data. Can you play as a woman? No. He was pretty d- defiant there. I think you play as an animal. No. Or a man. It's probably more likely. It's There's not a lot of games where you're playing as an animal that shoots things. They don't really have the fingers you need. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Conker's bad for a day, but that's not the game. Um, <laughs> that's not from that gen. <clears throat> Uh, did this game have uh, uh, is this a primarily single player game? Yes. Okay. Mm. There we go. Single player shooter. No women. 360 PS3 era. Not sci-fi. Not platform exclusive. Not not Sony exclusive. Primarily single player though is what's crazy. But we yeah. haven't. A- okay, oh, I know what I'm going to ask if you don't ask. No, we haven't asked that. No. We don't know perspective. Right. That, that was. That's what was where I was going to go. Yeah, picturing an FPS, but we don't know. Hit him hard. Right. Is it? Um, is this uh, a first-person perspective shooter? Yes. Okay. 
Okay. So the, I mean, obviously there were there are all the Call of Duties, right? Oh uh, yeah. Is this set in what we would consider like modern current times? I, I wow, I really don't think so. I oh, wow wow. Is this like Black Ops Two or something? No, I don't. I'm gonna say no. While well, you th- pick th- up. No, double check, double check. It's but we fine. can't have. De- we'll, we'll move on, and then he'll 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 come back to us. Okay, it's not. No, it's not. Not, not modern times. Not modern times. Okay, and that, that is question number ten. Is it Black Ops. Is it oldie times or future times? <laughs> well, we know it's not probably older times yeah. because like, he said not. Times? He said not a science fiction uh, setting. Oh, but he also was con- like. So we know it's not like World War II because that wouldn't be confusing. Right. Right. So now I'm thrown for a loop. Yeah, me, I, I kind of am too. Unless, it's not sci-fi, but it's not the future or not the distant past that it that it wouldn't have confused Damie. Because what I was gonna say, it's not for the for the not not a sci-fi setting per se. Is I was gonna say maybe a Time Splitters game. I'm trying to think of which Time Splitters was. You can on. play as girls in those games. Yeah, oh, that's right. And yeah. you can play as chimpanzees. <laughs> yeah, because video games. <laughs> I, I I like. I, I also like, wouldn't say those games are primarily single player. That's yeah. true. That's would, true. Yeah, time sort of And I yeah. wouldn't say cod blobs is primarily. No, no, not at all. So no, let's no, that's, no. let's 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 narrow in on that then. Let's hone in on that one. I feel yeah. like so, how many primarily single player first person shooter games are there? I always think about Black, but that was from the generation before. I, right, there be uh, there was what about, 13, which was uh Oh yeah, that cell shaded game. Cell shaded game. What about Red Faction? <laughs> also the, the Red generation Faction before. Very sci-fi. <laughs> the the generation sci-fi, before. Yeah. Right. True. Wait a minute. So, the, oh yeah, that's right. That was that was PS2 GameCube. Well, the PS2. first one was yeah. The red, first one, Red yeah. Steel. Yeah. Oh god, Red Steel. That's not a bad guess. Are you primarily shooting in that game? It's yeah. mostly a well, katana you're, game. you're shooting and sorting. Sorting? sorting. <laughs> no, but but, 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 but but it's on a but it's on but it's on Sony oh, and Microsoft platform platforms as well. Yeah, that was. Yeah, uh, but he didn't say it was an. Ex- that game got ported, didn't it? No, it didn't. no, it didn't. No, no, it didn't. Red Steel was exclusive to yeah. the Wii. Crap. The Wii. Um, this is really tough. Yeah, because only if only because there's so many first-person shooters to to yeah, pick but from. There's, there's only so many single-player ones. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Primarily single-player. Turok, but it is in first-person, so it's not something like you know, like a Tomb Raider where you do shoot things a lot. Like I'm thinking Perfect Dark, but that was only on the 360. Um, yeah, that's also very sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Of course. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the game. That's literally the game. <laughs> um, was it on a? I want to ask like, is it like an original property or is it based on a movie? I yeah, that's totally. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Ask, no, that's, hear, ask if if like, that's actually if a great. If it's licensed, no, that's totally actually a good that's actually a great question. Okay, uh, is it a licensed game? No. Okay, so okay. is it a is it a sequel? No. Has it? Ooh. Um, has it gotten sequels? Uh, was, yeah, that, that would have been a, a that would be a logical. Yeah, one. yeah. Let's do that. Get in there. Um, are they are they still making it today, or has it gotten sequels or some? Yes, yeah, I don't I know see, what like the best it, way to phrase it is. Did it, let's just stick with did it have sequels? Yes. Okay. Okay. How but many it, questions are we up to? Was the first in its series? How many? Are That's we up? thirteen. Oh, we're doing great. I thought first we were person at like 16, shooter, 17. not sci-fi, PS3, 360 era. Yeah. I, I don't think this would be described as sci-fi. Mm. Yeah, we might get you on so. this later, Damien. Yeah, I know, but like I, in my heart of hearts, I okay. know that I'm not trying to cheat you. Set in But maybe you should ask about other like genres or like moods, Mo- settings. Genres or moods? I heard shooter. Oh, like dishonor. Oh, no, wait, oh, is it shooter? Oh, is it a shooter? Oh, 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 wait, wait, shooter? Wait, wait, Can I just give it away? Wait a minute. Um, would you say that? Um, does this game Bioshock. have? Does this game have a horror uh, vibe to it? Yes. Does this game take place underwater? Yes. <laughs> is this game Echo the Dolphin? <laughs> it is Bioshock. It is Bioshock. Nice. Yes. So here's why I find it confusing. First of all, kind of, kind of sci-fi. Is it? See, I think it'd be more like a horror. Totally sci-fi. I don't you know. Your I, powers are like are like. I don't think I would. I, I don't I think guess. I would say Bioshock sci-fi. It takes place in a dystopian alternate reality that is a totally sci-fi. Well, I guess where so, gene splicing has has well, has but, changed the like, course of. But, I was not trying to mislead you, but like I don't think of it as yeah. sci-fi. But here's the weird thing about sci-fi: I think it was like a horror game. When I picture shooter. sci-fi, I use sci- in my head. I replace that word with the future. But technically, it is fiction, and it is like science-based yeah. fiction. So yeah, I mean, sure, I would probably the say other that element of sci-fi. it. And I could be wrong about this. 
I feel like that didn't come to PS3 until much later. But it's still, I mean, it it was it's, on not, it's not an exclusive. It's, you just said it's it was from that generation. Right. It was on both right. platforms. You know Am I wrong about that though? Did it come to PS3 at the same time, or was it not until later? It was a I feel like, like, like a year. Later. I feel like a lot of these, a lot of these games. I always think it's going to be like the deepest cut game, like Windback or something weird like that. <laughs> I would not pick that. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, and then it's like the, Final like, Fantasy VII. I'm like, what the hell? Like, no, people do Switch. send in. Yeah, people do send in really obscure <laughs> games, but I know it's like. No, you're just never gonna get there. Yep. It's too hard. There are too many layers to get there. So it's funny because I was I was thinking Bio- Bioshock was absolutely what I was going with until you said no, not not sci-fi, and oh, I was like, you like, gave us you gave us a good. But hint. then I gave you a hint that got you back there. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah. I also couldn't remember if it was like modern day and you're revisiting well, it. So but that's it's set the, in the '60s. Well, that's the weird thing too is it is obviously the past, right. but then but then it's not as far in the past as you think because there yeah. are time capsules. Right. And I'm like, I don't remember what year that game took place, yeah. right. but it's '50s down there. Sure. Yeah. So it was set in 1960. Because Bioshock Bioshock Infinite was like almost certainly sci-fi. Uh, it's right. definitely sci-fi. It's definitely sci-fi. There's no two ways about that. Like, that but, I mean, yes. yeah, because you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're fighting they're both, ghosts. They're both sci-fi, but, but just not... I think not... Of that more like steampunk. I don't know. But it's still sci-fi. You could be steampunk and Again, sci-fi. Again, I think, I think maybe you're thinking in terms of an aesthetic yeah, or a maybe mood. That's, maybe you know I'm getting mean? caught like, Bioshock so. Infinite has like time portals in it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like that is, it is literally the definition of science fiction. I guess you're right, yeah. That's true. Huh. Anyway, that suggestion came from Kelson. Thank you, Kelson. That was great. Yay, Kelson. All right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Vince. My name is Damon. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. This is IGN Gamescoop. We're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.